the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To prepare means to make something ready, and the word way can be translated road. Get the road ready. In ancient times, those roads were very, very bad. And before a traveler would set out on a journey, he was advised to pay all of his debts, provide for his dependents, give parting gifts, return all articles under his trust, and bid farewell to all because you might not come back. Do you ever think about that when you're preparing for a trip, packing your bag? Maybe as you get into the car, this will be my last day. Maybe as you get on a plane, this will be my last day with my family. Today on Study Verse by Verse, Pastor Leighton Sheely is going to take us down that thought process as he continues in the third chapter of the book of Matthew on this outreach from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Now, uh, in our modern society, we have been culturally conditioned to discount the significance of family. But God doesn't. Family and marriage was his first institution created in the garden before sin entered this creation. And throughout history, God has always worked through families. If you read through Genesis and Exodus, you find out that the first nations were formed by extended families. And that's oftentimes true today. You know, if you go back far enough, we're all family. We're all related. We're all descendants of Adam and Eve. We're all family. So the first nations were formed around extended families. When God decided to form his people, the nation of Israel, it was through a family. The offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When that family grew, God decided that the leadership of that family was going to come from a family, the family of Judah. Jesus was a descendant of Judah. When God decided he was going to put together his priesthood, it was put together around a family, the family of Aaron. And those who worked in the temple were of the family of Levi. God has always worked through families. It is a historical normative for children to follow in the path of their parents. Farmers often brought up farmers. Merchants brought up merchants and so forth. And the pattern can can be observed even to this day. Have you noticed that families tend to produce after their own kind? I mean, a family that produces, families, some families produce uh, policemen and law enforcement. Other families produce doctors and nurses. And other families produce lawyers and judges and other families merchants and other families produce preachers and missionaries. Among the descendants of my father's father are about a, about a dozen who were involved in ministry and missions. God has always worked through families. Jesus and John the Baptist were family. They were distant cousins. And John the Baptist said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Now, the expression kingdom of heaven is found only in Matthew's gospel, and it's found 33 times. It's interchangeable with the phrase kingdom of God, which is found in the other gospels. The phrase kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God is used interchangeably. Why then did Matthew choose to call the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven in his gospel? And the reason relates to his audience. Remember that his primary audience was those who were of Jewish descent. And the Jewish people were very sensitive about breaking any laws of God. And one of the laws of God was to not take God's name in vain. And in order to protect themselves from taking God's name in vain, even accidentally, they developed the practice of replacing God's name with something else, like heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God. And what uh, John focused on was preparing hearts for the coming king, and that preparation required repentance. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. To repent means to turn away from sin and turn toward God. And repentance, true repentance, requires both. If you turn away from sin, but you don't turn towards God, you have not repented. And if you turn towards God, but you don't turn away from sin, you have not repented. In order to repent, you must turn to God and you must turn away from sin. must do both. And true repentance is not merely a change of mind or grief over what we have done. It involves a a fundamental change in mind and action. It means doing it about face. Instead of seeking our own will and our own way, which always leads to lying and cheating and stealing and gossiping and so forth, it is seeking to live a life that is pleasing to God. John's message is summarized. Repent. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven began when God himself entered history as a man. The man Christ Jesus. God incarnate. This is a kingdom where God reigns. Rebellion against God's reign, against God's will, is sin. John said, repent. We need to repent from our sin. Now, presently, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, resides in the hearts of men, women, and children who have accepted him as their Savior and their Lord. But there is coming a day when Jesus Christ will return. And he will establish an earthly kingdom that will be described as being filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. And that's the hope of every believer. That's the hope that Jesus Christ is going to keep his promise, and he always does. And he's going to establish that wonderful earthly kingdom. Verse 3. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said... The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So John the Baptist, or the the, the author, I should say, is quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. And Isaiah is one of the most quoted prophets of the Old Testament in the New Testament. He's quoting from the Septuagint version of of Scripture. Uh, The Septuagint version was 
uh, translation from the original Hebrew into Greek about 200 years before Christ, done by scholars. It was used as the Bible for the early church until the canonization of the New Testament. The Greek word for crying means to cry out with feeling, that he was a passionate preacher. The word wilderness can also be translated desert, which can be applied both physically and spiritually. Physically, he was literally coming out of the desert, but also spiritually, there had been a dearth of spiritual life because God hadn't spoken in 400 years. To prepare means to make something ready, and the word way can be translated road. Get the road ready. In ancient times, those roads were very, very bad. And before a traveler would set out on a journey, he was advised to pay all of his debts, provide for his dependents, give parting gifts, return all articles under his trust, and bid farewell to all because you might not come back. The roads were not only filled with rocks and difficulties, but they were also filled with bandits as well. And that's why there was an ancient custom where the servants would go out before the king and clear the road. They'd clear the road of rocks and obstacles, try to make it as smooth as they could, and they'd also clear the bandits as well. And so a road must be cleared of obstacles before the king approaches, and John is calling people to clear the obstacles out of their lives that might hinder their reception of the Lord. He says to get ready for the coming of the Lord. Prepare your heart and life for the coming one, the king of the kingdom of heaven. And the words that he uses are in the imperative, meaning he's speaking them as commands. These are not suggestions. These are commands. And only those who recognize the authority of God and recognize the authority of the man of God, the prophet would respond to those commands. Verse 4. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Malachi 4, 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And so there was a Jewish belief that Elijah would return before the Messiah and would herald the coming king. John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt, and that's the description of clothing that Elijah wore as provided for us in 2 Kings chapter 1. Now, his food is described as locusts and honey. That doesn't sound particularly appetizing to most of us. But it was not an unusual diet for those who lived in the desert. There was a plenteous supply of locusts, and they were considered clean ceremonially. Uh, I am told that even today they can be an important source of food because they are rich in protein. And uh, wild honey can be found in abundance out there. And, and we're told by the scholars that this diet of locusts and honeys, honey, it, it provided him with a crude but fairly balanced diet. And so John fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 40, verse 3, because in a spiritual sense, John was Elijah who was to come, for he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. He even dressed as Elijah did and preached the same message of judgment John was the last of the Old Testament prophets and the greatest of them. Verse 5, then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. The verb form of going out means a continuous tense, an imperfect tense. They, they went out and 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 they continued to go out. And they came from Jerusalem 
which was about 20 miles distant, so it was 40 miles round trip, from Judea, that was the area around Jerusalem, and then also from areas around the Jordan as well. In other words, they were coming, people were coming from everywhere. And you realize that it is not easy for somebody who is accustomed to the conveniences and the relative safety of Jerusalem to go traveling down one of those ancient roads, 40 miles round trip into the desert. But there were so many people who had heard that there was a prophet and wanted to hear the words of the prophet that they kept coming and they kept coming and they kept coming. Speaking of keeping on coming, we will be back with part three of this message from the third chapter of the book of Matthew, featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. You can find out all the details about the church, including the service times at that website, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout, always glad that you've joined us. Let us know that you're listening. That's a great encouragement to us. You can share that fact when you go to the website. Again, that's highlands.us. Come back tomorrow at the same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.